Is anyone excited to be here tonight? <laughs> Come on, I can get a little more energy than that. Is anyone excited to be in the building tonight? I just have a very short word to share with you guys. If you don't know who I am, where are my incoming fifth graders? Where are they at? They're going to sit. Come on, can we give it up for our new people in CP Youth? Come on. <clears throat> you might be able to tell my voice is gone. My voice is gone. I spent the last week um, at high school camp and uh, we went up to Chapman University. Is there any middle schools that are going to camp in the building? Anybody? Right here? Come on. Yes. I will see you July 8th. It's going to be amazing. But we just got back from camp. And so my voice is gone. Why? Because we just worshiped really, really hard. <laughs> so I've had not just those, uh, those five days, but on Sunday we worshiped. Sunday night I went and worshiped. And, and then Monday night, last night I preached and we worshiped for so long. So it's funny because you use your voice to worship God and, and mine's completely gone, but he's still worthy. Amen? Amen. He's still worthy. And, and we asked this question while we were at camp, and I think that it's really important for us to ask tonight. We asked some of our high schoolers because, because at camp, it seemed like they worshiped completely different. It was weird. It, those people that would stand in the back and stay in the shadows and not really step into worship and not lift their hands and not jump around. I'm not saying that that's only what worship is, but once we got to camp, it was like a new life built up in them, and they were so excited to worship God. They were so excited. They would go up to the front, and they were jumping and dancing and singing, and they were losing their voices, and it was amazing. It was incredible, and we asked them, what is it that's making you guys worship so, so hard? And, and a lot of them said this. They said, it's so easy to worship in this environment because everybody's pumped up. It's so easy to worship in this environment because everybody's worshiping Jesus. It's easy to worship because everybody's jumping. Everybody's raising their hands. And so we asked him a question, will you still worship even if no one's excited? And maybe that's some of you tonight. Maybe it's, I don't actually worship unless my friend next to me is getting excited. I don't, I don't really feel the vibe. Maybe there's some of you in the night, tonight even coming in that you're thinking the same thing. Ah, oh, this isn't really my jam. Worship's not really my thing. I'll tell you what. Worship is important for every single believer. Whether you got a good voice or not, whether you're pumped up or not, worship is for every believer. You're not separate from worship. You're not apart from worship. You can step into worship. Why? Because the spirit of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Do you understand that? Do you understand tonight what he's done for you? And I wonder if some of us tonight are held back because we've had a long week or this has been going on in our week or whatever. Our friends aren't worshiping around us, but I want to encourage you. Worship is not about what your friends are doing. Worship is not about what your friends are doing, what sitting in the back. Worship is not about not stepping into the river and just staying on the sidelines. God wants you in the game. God wants you in the game, and I want to read a, a short passage with you tonight that talks about worshiping no matter what. It's found in Acts 16, verse 22. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. But basically, you guys have probably heard about him. His name is Paul. Who's heard of Paul in the building? Who's heard of Paul? Awesome. There's this apostle Paul. If you haven't heard of Paul, I'll let you know. He was 
awesome okay he was ba okay he was the man okay he was following jesus he was healing a bunch of people he was just the man right and so he's with his buddy silas and they're walking around and they're seeing miracles being done right in front of who believes that god still does miracles you better believe it because god's going to do some tonight <laughs> it's going to be good so they're walking around, they're seeing miracle after miracle after miracle. And, and what happens is they come across this slave girl. And this slave girl was possessed by a demon. I know it gets scary, but they're real. And, and she was possessed by a demon. She was possessed by this demon that allowed her to see into the future. And so what happened was other people started taking advantage of her. And they started using her for their own profit. And so Paul and Silas are walking and this lady is following them because she sees something in Paul and Silas. She knows that they have something special. Do you know that you, when you walk in the spirit, that you, when you walk with Jesus, people see you differently? They want to know what you have. They want to walk by your side. They're thinking, what does that person have? What's going on in their heart? I want to know what this person has. And this girl's following them, and she's chanting out, these people have a message that I've never heard before. Listen to these people. And, but Paul realizes that she's got a demon inside of her. And so what does he do? He heals her. He delivers her from the demon. Pretty awesome, right? But then what happens is they, they literally get so mad that he cast out the demon because when, she, when he cast out the demon, he also cast out her power. And so they couldn't use her for money anymore. So what they did is they bound them up and they beat them and they flogged them. Literally, they used to beat them with sticks and with whips. They beat them and they put them in prison for healing a woman. What's the point here? My point is this. That people aren't going to like when you start getting free in Jesus. People aren't going to like when you start stepping into worship because, you know what, when you start getting free, it makes them realize that they're probably not really free. And they're going to want to put you in a prison and say, stop doing that. Stop raising up your hands. That's really weird that you're going to the front. That's really weird that you're raising up your hands in worship. That's really weird that you're singing out. That's super weird because when they see your freedom, it hits them in the heart and says, I need that too. And that person's actually going for it, but I'm going to hold them back. And that's exactly what happened to Paul and Silas. They're walking along and they see these miracles. And because they did good, they get thrown in prison. And I want to talk about tonight, guys. I think some of you guys are in prisons yourself. And it might not be a physical prison. It might not be a physical prison, but... But it might be an emotional prison. It might be a depression or an anxiety or a feeling of loneliness. It might be a, a prison in your own heart or a prison in your own mind. But this is what happens in the text. Watch this. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten. And then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. In other words, he put their feet in chains. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were whining and crying and didn't know what to do. That's not what it says. That's good news that that's not what it says. It says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. 
All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted at him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before him and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Amen. Paul and Silas were put in prison for doing good, for, call, for living out the gospel, for living with Jesus. What happened is people didn't like the freedom that they were bringing. They didn't like the passion they had in their heart. And so what? They threw them in prison, but even prison could not hold them down. I looked up what these prisons were like back then. And these prisons weren't like the prisons we have today. Even the prisons we have today are, are pretty rough, but they were nothing compared to first century prisons. And I looked it up, and, and basically, you were put in this cramped space that was about this high, so you basically had to sit, and it was dark, completely dark. They didn't have electricity. This was back in the day, way back in the day. They didn't have lights. They didn't have any of that, right? They were, it was midnight, it was dark, and what you could smell was the smell of rotting flesh and decaying people. And then all you could hear was that your feet were chained in, and they could hear the chains, and, and all they could feel was the fact that they had been beaten and bruised, and in, that, and in that kind of environment, if you were beaten and bruised and had open wounds, you could get infected because there was no antiseptics or anything like that. So literally, it's the worst situation ever. And instead of sitting down and, for, and saying, forget you, God, I'm not about it, God, they started praying and singing hymns to God. Imagine this with me for a moment. Paul and Silas in this prison, and it's dark. They can't see anything. I want you to close your eyes right now. This is all they see right now. They can't see anything and, and all they can smell is the smell of cries of people who want to get out of prison. All they can hear is the cries of people and all they can smell is, is the, the reek and the stench of people that, that are rotting away and all they can hear is the clanking of their chains underneath and all they can feel is their bruises and their wounds and their gashes. But in their darkest time, you can open up your eyes, in their darkest time, in the darkness, they decide to lift up light. In the sound of their, clans, their, their chains clanking, they decide to bring up a new sound, a new song, something louder than the chains that held them down. 
Instead of just smelling the rotting flesh, they decide to smell the fragrance of Christ around them. And they realize that Jesus is with them even in their darkest time, even in their brokenness and their pain, even when all they can see, all they can smell, all they can feel is pain, they still lift up praise to Jesus. And I want to let you know tonight that no matter where you are, if you feel like all you can see is darkness, if you feel like all you can feel is what happened this week and, and all you're thinking about is what you have to do after this and, and all you can smell is, is the smell of things going wrong in your life and, and if you're in that place, I want to encourage you to lift up a shout of praise. I want to encourage you to lift up a shout of praise because what happens is when you start lifting up a shout of praise louder than your pain, chains break and walls fall down. Chains break and walls fall down. If you want to see breakthrough in your life, don't sit on the sidelines. Get in the game. If you want to see God actually encounter you and move in your life and jump into your life, stop sitting next to the river and watching everybody worship. I want to encourage you to step into the river tonight. Is there anybody willing to step in to the river tonight? Why do we worship? We worship, one, because God's worthy of it. We worship because he's the maker of heaven and earth and he pieced each and every single one of you guys together, handcrafted to do his will. And why do we worship God? Because he's good and we believe he's good. We believe that he's come through for us. We believe that he showed and poured out his love for us on the cross. And so we lift up a song of praise. And why else do we worship? We worship to form intimacy with God. <clears throat> do you know that you were designed for God? Let me say that again. Do you know that you were designed to God? You were designed for God. Do you realize that you were designed for worship? It's in your DNA. That's who you are. You were designed for your heart to connect to Jesus, for your heart to experience God. You were designed. It's what you were made for. You might think that you're made for skateboarding. You might think that you were made to play sports. You might think that you were made to make a lot of money or to have a family or to be a mom or to be a dad. But before all of that stuff, you were made for him. Before all of that stuff, that's all extra. That's just the gift of God. But the sole purpose that you are on this earth is so that you can encounter the King of Kings and bring heaven into earth. That's the sole reason that God formed you and created you was for relationship with Him. It was for relationship with Him. And I want to let you know something. It says in the Bible this in Psalm 22. It says that the Lord, <clears throat> that He lives in the praises of his people. He lives in the praises of his people. What does that mean? When you sing, you invite heaven to earth and he sits enthroned upon the praises out of your mouth. So when you sing out, if you feel like you're far from God, if you feel like he's distant, if you've never experienced him before, if you've never encountered him before, this is what I wanna let you know, start singing. 
Because when you start singing and you start expressing your love to God, what happens is you're inviting heaven to earth and you're allowing God to come close so that you can meet with him face to face. You can meet with him face to face so that you can encounter the one that your heart desires. A lot of us are thinking in our minds, yeah, but I'm just not really into it. I want to tell you right now, that's a lie. Because when you start worshiping, when you start getting into his presence, just like David said, in your presence there is fullness of joy, you stop experiencing all that, you stop experiencing normal, you start experiencing supernatural. And you're thinking to yourself, I don't know, it's just kind of boring. I don't really like the songs. I don't really, it's not about the songs. We don't come to church so that we can hear our favorite songs. We come to church so that we can give glory to him. We don't come to church just so we can hear a good message, so that people can pour out into us. We come to church so that we can pour unto Jesus, our Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who created us and mended us and made us whole and saved us and wash every bit of sin out of us if there's anything to be grateful for and worship for it's that and we have the opportunity to come in and I promise you I promise you if you will just step in the river you will never go back to sitting on the sidelines if you just hop into the river, if you just jump into who God is and you just open up your voice, what happens is you will start experiencing heaven on earth. Does anyone want that tonight? I'm wondering if anybody wants that tonight. I don't know. I feel like I'm staring at blank faces. I'm trying to connect with you. I'm trying to bring you into this because this is exciting. Once the gospel gets boring, we don't believe the gospel anymore. We really don't. When the gospel stops being fun, we don't actually know the gospel. When the gospel doesn't actually start, stop exciting our hearts, we, have, we need to step into the presence of God and say, God, what's going on? Because the gospel is the biggest, best headline news of all creation. Of all creation. And tonight... I believe in, I'm believing for a lot of things. I'm done talking for now, but I'm believing for a lot of things. And if I can call the worship team back up. I believe that there's some of you in the room that know that you've never actually encountered the goodness of the Lord that you want to experience his presence, that you're thinking in your mind, I don't really know about this presence that you're talking about because every time I get into church, I don't know, I just kind of sit there. I don't really feel anything. I don't really know what's going on, but I believe that God wants to encounter some students tonight. I believe that God wants to actually touch your heart, that he actually wants to encounter you and experience you on a deeper level tonight. So that when you step into worship, you know who you're worshiping. I believe that tonight that Jesus wants to open your eyes to see his face and his goodness. And so this is what I'm going to have you do. 
And it's going to take a bold step of faith, but I believe that when we pray, God moves. I believe that when we pray, when we talk to God, he hears our prayers. Someone needs to hear that tonight. Some, some of you guys have been praying for stuff for a long time and you feel like God's not hearing you. I promise he is coming through for you. I don't care if it's been one week. I don't care if it's been one month. I don't care if it's been one year, 10 years. What you pray, God hears and he's coming through for you. And so tonight, I'm going to ask you to take a step of boldness. If you want to encounter the presence of God, if you want to actually experience the goodness of his glory, if you want to experience the face of God tonight, I'm talking about an encounter with the living God. When we talk to Jesus, he comes and we're going to have the leaders lay hands on you. We're going to have the leaders pray for you. Pray for you to experience the glory of his character. Pray for you to experience the goodness of his nature. Pray for you to experience how big and how wide and how much he loves you. Does anyone want that tonight? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If that's you in the room and you want to encounter and you need a touch from God, I don't even care if you're not even a student, if you're in the back and you're a leader, if you need a touch from Jesus, if you need a fresh breath, even if you don't even know about it or you're doubting it or you're like, God's never going to show up for me, God's, I'm ne I've never felt God in my life, I want you to come to the front right now. Right now. Come on, it only takes one. If you need a fresh touch, if you need a fresh breath from God, if you need something new in your life, if you want to just, you just want to come up and you want to experience the presence of Jesus, I want you to come up right now. Come on. Come on. Yes. Come on, if you need a fresh breath, don't be scared of encountering God. The only thing that's going to happen when you encounter God is you're going to fall in love. You're going to fall in love and you're going to experience him and you're going to encounter him and your life will be different. I promise you that. So I want you, if you're not up here, that's totally fine, but I want you to extend a hand to these people right here. I want you to extend a hand to these people. And so right now, Holy Spirit, Right now, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, I call upon you right now to hit in each and every student up here, Jesus, even the people that were afraid to come up to Jesus, I pray that you would encounter this room, that you would come in power right now, here as it is in heaven, Jesus, that you, they would experience heaven on earth right now, Holy Spirit. Right now, Jesus, come in, encounter them face to face, visions of who you are right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, I pray for dreams. Jesus, I pray for broken relationships and friendships right now in Jesus' name. I pray for healing and family. God, I just thank you that just because your parents are divorced, it is not your fault, one. 
Just because your parents are divorced, it doesn't mean that you can't live a full life, that you can't experience Jesus. I feel that in the room tonight. Some of you have been hurt by family situations that have gone on, that have broken apart. But Jesus, we just thank you for joy in the building right now, God. We thank you for healing and restoration in families right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.